Good morning, church. Thank you for joining us this morning as we come together and worship God through singing songs and praises to him and through studying his word. So please stand with me. If you are able, we'll come together and sing. I heard an old, old story How a Savior came from glory How he gave his life on Calvary To save a wretch like me I heard about his groaning Of his precious blood's atoning Then I repented of my sins and won the victory oh victory in jesus my savior forever he sought me and bought me with his redeeming blood he loved me Plunge me to victory beneath the cleansing flood. I heard about his healing, of his cleansing power revealing. How he made the lame to walk again and caused the blind to see. And then I cried, dear Jesus, come and heal my broken spirit. And somehow Jesus came and brought to me the victory. Oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. He sought me and bought me with his redeeming blood he loved me ere i knew him and all my love is to him he plunged me to victory beneath the cleansing flood i heard about a mansion he has built for me in glory and i heard about the streets of gold beyond the crystal sea about the angels singing and the old redemption story and some sweet day i'll sing up there the song of victory oh victory in jesus my savior forever he sought me and bought me with his redeeming blood he loved me Plunge me to victory beneath the cleansing flood. Please be seated. And good morning to all of you today. Beautiful day out, and it's nice to have that. It's nice to have the sun out again. Okay, and and it won't be long. The farmers will be back in the fields and. The things are growing out there. Your, your lawn probably needs mowed or will need mowed here shortly. Those kind of things. So we appreciate that. We just sang that song, Victory in Jesus. It's an old song. It's older than I am. Okay? And uh, it's older than I think most everybody here. Okay? Just, just going to say. And, and so it's a beautiful hymn about the victory that we have in Jesus because Jesus gave his life for us. He shed his blood for us. And we celebrate that. I hope that we celebrate that every day. When you stop and think about it, it's not just a one time a year thing or it's not just an Easter thing. It's not a one time a year thing. It's not a one time a week thing. Because what he did for you matters every day. 
This weekend, we celebrate Memorial Day, which is, is in similar in a fashion that we celebrate those who gave their lives so that we can wave the flag, so that we can enjoy the freedoms that we have as Americans. Uh, the pictures that played up here, many of the pictures that played up here were actually part of what uh, it was called Rally to Ridgecrest. They had that, Lifeway did that for, for a number of years. We got to go a couple times, and, and it changed my perspective on Memorial Day because growing up, Memorial Day was a three-day weekend, a time to go to Lake Ramsey and, uh, and do whatever we did there, you know, have a little picnic and stuff like that. But having uh, participated in the rally to Ridgecrest where we went out to the, on this morning, we would go out to the National Cemetery, have a, a, we'd lay a wreath, we had the color guard, we had the guy with the bagpipes playing, uh, just a, a memorable thing. I don't know about the communities around us, how, how they do that, but that's one of the things that changed my perspective, reminded me of why we celebrate Memorial Day. And so uh, we prayed, we, they gave us a flag, and we planted it right next to the one the Boy Scouts put out there already, and uh, thankful for that. But we planted a, a flag and prayed for that family, not knowing anything other than the name of the person whose gravestone we were kneeling at. And so, uh, again, thankful for those that paid that, that sacrifice. You may have somebody in your family that did that, and for that we want to be thankful because, because of that, we get to worship today. All right? Honestly, we get, to, we get to come here, and we have the freedom to worship. Uh, all of those things that we enjoy, uh, we get to have. And so I want to give thanks for that. I know that you have other things that concern you beyond um, Memorial Day, things that are going on in your life. It might be upcoming surgery. It might be some, something that you're dealing with, whatever it might be. It might be something else at work or, or in the family that you want to pray for. I know I don't know all those, and I can't answer all those. But we're going to go to the one who can. And so we're going to pray together. And I want you to go ahead when we're praying, you can voice that prayer because God has the ability to hear you and me at the same time and make sense of it, right? And so even as messed up as you might make that prayer request or as I might make that prayer request, God knows our heart. God knows what's going on. So I want to pray for that. We also want to pray for those that don't get the victory in Jesus. They don't know Jesus as the Lord and Savior. And uh, we want to pray that they would do that. So we, if you would, join with me in prayer. Father, we come to you in prayer, first of all, thanking you for the victory that we have in Jesus. We thank you for sending your Son to die on the cross, Lord, because of your love, so that we might have eternal life, those of us who believe. And Father, we, we pray, Lord, for others who need to believe, Lord. We pray for those of our family, Lord, those of our friends, those of our co-workers, our neighbors, Lord, that do not know you. Father, we want to pray that they, Father, would experience the victory that is in Jesus as a Savior, as the Savior. And Father, just, Lord, we, we want to lift up those prayer requests that are on the hearts of these that are in the house today, those watching online. Father, all of us have, have concerns. Father, we just want to lay them before you, Lord, and pray, Father, that you would answer them. And Father, on this weekend that we celebrate Memorial Day, Father, a time when we gather to do many things, maybe be mindful of those who gave their lives and appreciative of those that gave their lives to pray for the families, Lord, of those that have lost loved ones defending our freedoms, Father. We just we lift them up to you, Father, and we give you thanks. In Jesus' name, amen. Please stand with me again if you are able. Amy is going to uh, lead us in a reading from Psalm 20. Let us shout for joy at your victory and lift the banner in the name of our God. May Yahweh fulfill all your requests. Now I know that the Lord gives victory to his anointed. He will answer him from his holy heaven with mighty victory from his right hand. Some take pride in chariots and others in horses, but we take pride in the name of Yahweh our God.
Water you turned into wine And opened the eyes of the blind There's no one like you None like you Into the darkness you shine and out of the ashes we rise there's no one like you none like you because our god is greater our god is stronger god you are higher than any other our god is healer awesome in power our god our god into the darkness you shine and out of the ashes we rise there's no one like you, none like you, because our God is greater, our God is stronger, God you are higher than any other, our God is healer, awesome in power, our God. Our God, and if our God is for us, then who could ever stop us? And if our God is with us, then what could stand against? And if our God is for us, then who could ever stop us? And if our God is with us, then what could stand against? What could stand against? Because our God is greater, our God is stronger. God, you are higher than any other. Our God is healer, awesome in power, our God. Our God, our God is greater, our God is stronger, God you are higher than any other, our God is healer, awesome in power, our God, our God, and if our God is for us, then who could ever stop us? And if our God is with us, then what could stand against? And if our God is for us, then who could ever stop us? And if our God is with us, then what could stand against? What could stand Cause our God is greater, our God is stronger, God you are higher than any other, our God is healer, awesome in power, our God, our God, our God is greater, our God is stronger, God you are higher than any other our God is healer awesome in power our God our God
Let our praise be your welcome. Let our songs be a sign. We are here for you. We are here for you. Let your breath come from heaven. Fill our hearts with your life. We are here for you. We are here for you. To you our hearts are open. Nothing here is hidden. You are our one desire. You alone are holy. Only you are worthy, God. Let your fire fall down. Let our shouts be your anthem. Your renown, fill the sky. We are here for you. We are here for you. Let your word move in power. Let what's dead come to life. We are here for you. We are here for you. To you our hearts are open. Nothing here is hidden. You are our one desire. You alone are holy. Only you are worthy, God. Let your fire fall down. To you our hearts are open. Nothing here is hidden. You are our one desire. You alone are holy. Only you are worthy, God. Let your fire fall down. We welcome you with praise. We welcome you with praise. Almighty God of love, be welcome in this place. We welcome you with praise. We welcome you with praise. Almighty God of love, be welcome in this place. Let every heart adore. Let every soul awake. Almighty God of love, be welcome in this place. We welcome you with praise. We welcome you with praise. Almighty God of love, be welcome in this place. To you our hearts are open, nothing here is hidden. You are our one desire. You alone are holy, only you are worthy. God, let your fire fall down. To you our hearts are open, Nothing here is hidden. You are our one desire. You alone are holy. Only you are worthy, God. Let your fire fall down. You alone are holy. Only you are worthy. Let your fire fall down. Please be seated.
All right, we're in Acts chapter 3. We're moving through the book of Acts in blazing speed. Okay, but we want to we read through this. This is the early church, right? We, we, I, I've talked about this before. When we start out in the book of Acts, we don't have any churches. By the end of Acts, we've got all places all over the place where the churches have been planted and people are being added to the kingdom. What a wonderful thing that we get to see. So Luke records for us, we've walked through uh, the ascension of Jesus, they went to the upper room and prayed, and then we, the day of Pentecost where the Spirit came down, Peter preaches, people respond. We covered all that. And now we're going to pick it up and we're going to see kind of a day-to-day life of the, of the early church and what they were doing in Jerusalem. We're going to stay in Jerusalem for a while before we move on. But as we walk through this, here's the one thing that I want to, want to key on. Acts chapter 3 opens with this, this story, right? This is Peter. Why are you amazed at this? This is kind of the third transition that we walked through through this book. We had that. What does this mean? That's the people. That opens up the transition for Peter to preach. We have this, what, sh- what shall we do, brethren? And that opens up the invitation, and everybody gets baptized. And here we have this, this miracle that occurs that gets the transition again into Peter's second sermon. Now, we're going se- we're gonna, to we're gonna settle and read the Scripture for the second sermon, but I don't want to. I want. I don't want you to to miss the very first first part of it that sets up the second part. And the first part of that is the the man that was lame from birth. I think you all know the story, right? Peter and John are at ninth hour. They're headed up to the temple. They're gonna they're they're gonna pray. And it says that the outer court where they're at that might have been a place where the Christians were gathering there to share the gospel, etc., to meet. And so this man's being carried in. He his job is to make alms. And it, apparently it was in, in the notes you'll see in the, the Bible app, it was believed to be a merit thing. In other words, if you gave to the guy at the temple, you got points for that. Okay? I don't know if you got, I don't know if you became a five-star Baptist or what it was, but you got points for that. All right? So, so good thing that they were doing it. So he's there and he sees Peter and John walking along there, and he, he does eye contact. You know that that happens. If you pull up to a stoplight in St. Louis where somebody there is, is you know, I've got no job kind of sign, they're sitting there hungry, whatever it might be, they're going to do eye contact with you because they're going to hope that that eye contact will engage and that you'll give. And that's exactly what this guy does. And remember the story. Peter looks at him and says, silver and gold, have I none, Right? Okay, we all, we, we, most of you know the song. I'm not, not going to assume that rest all of you know. But if you'll read in Acts chapter 3, you'll read that. But Peter says, but I'll give you what I have. And what does Peter have? He's got Jesus. And he commands him to get up and walk. And there's an old song. He got up and he was walking and leaping and Praising God. See, if some of you guys know that. You remember that. It was an old BBS song, an old kid song, walking and leaping and praising God. And, and I don't know the rest of it, okay? And, uh, and it'd be good if I didn't sing to you anyway. So that's what's going on here, is that this man all of a sudden, who, who's never walked in his life because he's been lame from birth, has been healed. This is a question I want to ask you. Are you willing to settle for less? I want you to think about that for a moment. Are you willing to settle for less? Because that's what captivates us. We're not interested in Peter's sermon. We're interested in the guy who's going to get healed next. This is the first miracle that has, that has occurred that the disciples or the apostles have done after Jesus is gone. They heal this man. That's exciting stuff. Here's this guy walking and leaping and praising God. We're back to that, right? Walking and leaping, praising God. We're excited about that. That captivates us. It's the, it's the chase scene in a, in a movie, right? It's that, it's that action scene. We get to see that. How many of you are looking for a movie where a preacher's preaching? Right? I mean, you ever rewind, oh, there's the preacher, I want to watch that over in that movie. You know, think about it. You want to rewind the action scene, and so that's what captures our attention. But I want you to think about this when I wrote that question, are you willing to settle for this? It's based on this. Because we as believers can do needs ministry. There's probably a better name for it, but that's all I could think of for the last two weeks. 
It's where we meet a need and we allow the person to go on. Okay, we meet a need. We do something for them. We, we give them food. We help them out with something, you know, mow their lawn or whatever it might be. And, and that's the extent of it. We drop it there. They're happy because a need has been met. We have disaster relief that we're part of as Southern Baptists. Glenn and Sharon are deeply involved in that ministry in our state and throughout the nation. So as we're doing that, I love what we do as disaster relief because when, when, you know, hurricane season is supposed to be up. Now, whether Illinois goes or not, it's going to have to get bad for that to occur because there's a whole lot of states between us and them that answer that call. But what will happen, the hurricane will roll across Florida, the Gulf, wherever it might be, and people will respond in yellow shirts and yellow hats, and they will go down there, and they'll help clean up the mess that the hurricane has brought. But they'll be there with countless other organizations doing similar things, where they're, they're there helping clean up the mess. Might be helping... Take out drywall that got flooded. It might be helping clean up the yard and stacking up all the, all the tree limbs and so forth that blew down. But here's the difference. Because guess what? The person whose life's in a mess and, it, and has a yard full of junk, um, has a boat that doesn't belong to them that came from who knows where, you know, it needs moved. They're happy, and what they're looking for is the immediate, and they want life back to normal. The difference is with disaster relief, it doesn't just stop there with the cleaned up yard. It uses that as an opportunity to present the gospel. Sometimes, all too often, we're satisfied with meeting a need, and we never create a doorway to share the gospel. We can be guilty of that even though we're a church. We can be guilty of that needs ministry where we never take it. And that's why that second sermon is so important for us to take a look at. Because rather than stop with the amazing walking and leaping and praising God moment that we have, Peter takes it to the next level. And that's what I want to challenge us to do too when we walk through this to think about the places that we can go next with what we're doing. We're asking the questions we walk through there. What was God doing? And what were they doing? Because we see God at work. Who healed the man? It wasn't Peter. It wasn't some sob or something that he was selling down there. It was God healed the man. And what was Peter doing? He was being an instrument of God there. And then we're going to look at what he does next. To be an instrument. So let's pick it up here in Acts chapter 3. We're in, uh, you flipped the slides, a couple slides there. What was God doing? Then we're in chapter, verse 11 of the third chapter. The he here is the guy who just got healed. Okay, so as we read through that, the he is this man. While he was clinging to Peter and John, all the people ran together to them at the so called portico of Solomon, full of amazement. But when Peter saw this, he replied to the people, Men of Israel, why are you amazed at this? Or why do you gaze at us as if by our own power, our piety, we made him walk? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant, Jesus, the one whom you delivered and disowned in the presence of Pilate when he had decided to release him. But you disowned the holy and righteous one and asked for a murderer to be granted to you. But put to death the prince of life, the one whom God raised from the dead, a fact to which we are witnesses. And on the basis of faith in his name, it is the name of Jesus which has strengthened this man, whom you see and know. And the faith which comes through him has, been, has given him this perfect health in the presence of you all. And now, brethren, I know that you acted in ignorance, just as your rulers did also. But the thing which God announced beforehand by the mouth of all the prophets, that his Christ would suffer, he has thus fulfilled. Therefore, repent and return, 
so that your sins may be wiped away in order that the times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, and that He may send Jesus Christ, the appointed for you, whom heaven must receive until the period of restoration for all things about which God spoke by the mouth of His holy prophets from ancient times. Moses said, The Lord God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your brethren. To him you shall give heed to everything he says to you. And it will be that every soul that does not heed that prophet shall be utterly destroyed from among the people. And likewise, all the prophets who have spoken from Samuel and his successors onward also announced these days. It is you who are the sons of the prophets and the covenant which God made with your father, saying to Abraham, and in your seed all the families of the earth shall be blessed. For you first, God raised up his servant and sent him to bless you by turning every one of you from your wicked ways. So that's, a, that's Peter's sermon. We're going to read what happens as the result of that next week. But, but here's what happens. When this man gets healed, and this man lame from birth, <coughs> me, I don't know if you caught that as we were reading through the Scripture. They knew this guy. He was a fixture, apparently, at the temple. They were accustomed. They knew his story. And they couldn't do anything about it. When he gets healed... The people ran together. The people ran together. So what we have here is God God did this, right? He opens the door. It's very similar to what we just read in Acts chapter 2. In Acts chapter 2, what do we got? We got the, there's nothing going on. All of a sudden, all the disciples can speak in these languages so that everybody from every place, from their homeland, they can understand their own language. It's a thing that God did to draw attention to the moment. And when he does that, when in this case, the other case, the people ran together because it was the car crash scene that we said. You know, they heard the noise. They may not have seen the Holy Spirit lighting on them, but they heard the noise and they ran to see what was going on. And so when this happens in the temple, in the, the, the so-called portico of, of Solomon, when it happens there, and all of a sudden, this guy's walking and leaping, praising God. News doesn't take long to travel, right? Everybody tweeted it. Somebody posted a video on Facebook. No, it still got out there, right? Without Twitter and without Facebook, it still got out there. It made noise. It got the people's attention. And they ran down to see you. He can't be walking. He's been like that for years and years and years. You're telling me he's walking and leaping and praising God? I've got to go see this. So they all run together. And Peter uses the moment. As he should have. As he already did. can, can Can you see what's going on in Peter's mind? Second time, right? First time kind of catches you off guard, right? Everybody comes together. What does this mean? The second time when God does His thing and it draws the people together so they run together, Peter's got to be thinking, God has given me an opportunity to use for His kingdom. And that's exactly what occurs. And so what we have is is Peter saying this, why are you amazed at this? Why are you amazed at this? We go into the second sermon. He talks in the second sermon. Did you? He also addresses the healing. I didn't do this. God did this. And then it's a transition into this thing that he did in Acts chapter 2, where he relates about Jesus, how that he was crucified, how that he is fulfillment of the prophets. It's interesting, when I, when I read a little bit about grounding, I think you can read that too in the, in the Bible app, is that, that what, you know, why in the world does, does um, Luke record back-to-back sermons? That's what he does. Records back-to-back sermons. But you're going to see that what he's, te- he, he's repeating the same message, the prophetic fulfillment. W- repent. He uses that word repent in there. Gives them the idea. Gives them the invitation. He didn't wait for them to ask, 
but He gives them the idea that they need to repent and have their sins forgiven because that's what Jesus came for. So it's that similar message just at a different place. Maybe a little bit rougher than the, than the first one, but yet it has all of the elements. And it kind of gives us the idea that this is what was going on as they did that. We're going to see that as Paul goes out to the Gentiles, he doesn't have to center on the fulfillment of prophecy as much. And today when we go out, I don't know that my friends and family even know any prophecies in the Old Testament. But they have brokenness in their life. So I can have what my message needs to include is that Jesus died for them. And that's exactly what we get in, in Acts chapter 3 is Peter delivers this message to a people that God has got their attention and gathered them together. And Peter uses this, illustra- this opportunity to, to talk about Jesus. To talk about Jesus. He could have done other things. He could have met other needs. He could, anybody else need healed? That was kind of cool. Let's do that again. But he doesn't do that. He goes from the spectacular to the eternal. He goes from the temporal to the eternal. You see, needs ministry just fixes things for now. The gospel, the message of the gospel fixes things for eternity. Another hurricane's going to roar through next year. Maybe it'll hit your place, maybe it won't. But what I give to you in Jesus Christ is a forever thing. Is a forever thing. And so as we listen to that message and we read through that, you can go back and forth between Acts chapter 2 and Acts chapter 3 and see the similarities in how it's given. It's a consistency of the message. It's a consistency of the message. And it's a message that that we ought to have also. Is our message consistent? Is our message consistent? When we're out there talking to people, are we bothering even to talk about what Jesus means to us and what Jesus means to them? Peter just, boom, this is what I'm going to say the one time, this is what I'm going to say next time. All of the same things, he wants them to know, you know, the Jesus you crucified? That's this Jesus I'm going to talk about. He's not dead. He's risen from the grave. And he came not to be the Messiah that you wanted to restore a kingdom, but to make a kingdom for eternity. And that's what Jesus came for. And that's what Peter gets, tries to get across to the people one more time. And we're going to see what happens. I, you know, again, that beautiful idea of the message. I want you to think about that again. Because when we start out, we get enamored with the healing. But it was a pawn in the delivery of the message. A consistent message that Peter had already delivered. He delivers again. Maybe some of those that already heard it, they're going to hear it again because they hadn't, they hadn't responded to that again. Isn't it great that God just doesn't tell you one time and then walk away? How many of you needed more than one time to hear the gospel before you responded? I know some of you. I'm hard-headed, right? It took more than once. And so God delivers that same message again through the same person to an audience that's been captivated by what God has done because God desires that all men be saved. And so he, he delivered that message so they could understand it. He delivers it again because they didn't get it the first time. God goes about that. A consistent message that he delivers through Peter. So what was God doing? We asked that question, what was God doing? He was setting things up. He healed the guy. But it was bigger than that. Because he healed the man so that he might have an opportunity to use Peter as a mouthpiece, the the prophet, right? To deliver the message from God, and that's exactly what Peter did. So what was God doing? He was drawing the people together so that they might hear and have an opportunity to respond to the message of the gospel, the the message of salvation, the message of repentance. What were they doing? It's Peter and John. They were going about their everyday life, I suspect, at this point. Their new routine. They were on their way into the temple at the hour of prayer. Doesn't say what they were 
just says that's, that's all that we're told. But then God opens a window, a door, an opportunity. And they take it. Did they know when he said, rise up and walk, did he have any idea what was going to happen? You go to clean somebody's lawn off. You go to, you go to help somebody out. What opportunity is God giving? Because honestly, when you're there, you're there to help them do whatever it is that they need help with. But God may have bigger plans. And that's exactly what happened here. But it happened because Peter and John were faithful to be open to being used. Here's the action steps I want you to think about. What are we going to do with this? In other words, we heard the story, we see the second sermon. So I want all of you to be ready to be preachers. That could be one of your action steps. But here's, here's the question I want to ask. How are you helping someone in need? How are you helping someone in need? Because in this case, Peter doesn't get to preach the gospel until he helps somebody. And oftentimes, that's how we're going to get into somebody's life. That's how we're going to have that opportunity to minister. That's how we're going to have that opportunity to share the gospel is because when we see a need, we help the guy out. We help that person out. We help that family out. We see a need. We step in there, and we're looking to see what God might do. We're looking to see what God might do. And so we care about these people, so we respond to them in their need. How are you helping someone in need? And I ask that question because, guess what? We often live in a world where we're taking care of our own things. And taking care of our own things won't give us the opportunity for this to happen. So I'm asking the question, how are you helping someone in need? Look for that place where you might help somebody. And then helping them are... Are you then helping them meet God? A lot of times when we do things, we just go to hell. But how are we going to... We meet a need. It's kind of our, our, um, our theme for our church, meeting God, meeting needs, right? We go help meet a need, but honestly, what we need to be looking for is an opportunity to help them meet God. And that might mean at a deeper level. Because sometimes we're helping people who already know Jesus. But maybe they're not walking. Well, nobody's walking as close as they need to be. So how are we helping them meet God initially? How are we helping them meet God at a deeper level? And what does your message address? Okay, What does your message address? Does it address the lostness, the brokenness? Or is it about the weather and baseball? Think about that. I'm going to ask you this question. It's not up on the screen, but are the friendships we are building, are they leading to a gospel conversation? Asking that question, are the friendships that you are building leading to a gospel conversation? Now, all of a sudden you get scared, right? What's a gospel conversation? Well, a gospel conversation is just telling them what Jesus did for you. It's no different than telling them what you, how, the, how they took care of you down at the local restaurant or at the, the, the car shop or wherever it might have been. That you, you, it's a testimonial of what they did. What did Jesus do for you? It's all like, that's all a gospel conversation is. Have you ever done this? I'm, I'm, I'm going to recommend that you do this, right? We, rec, we recommend movies. We recommend uh, places to eat. We recommend places to get your nails done. We recommend all kinds of things, right? Place to buy your car at. All of those things we recommend. Can we not have a gospel conversation where all we're doing is recommending Jesus? That's, that's all it is. Don't be scared about it. It's what He's done for you. You've experienced. You can go and give Him a five-star rating, right? On Yelp. Jesus saved me. And that's all you're doing is telling somebody exactly what Jesus did for you. As we're walking through this life, there are people around us who have needs, like this man born lame from birth. I don't know that God will use you to get a guy up out of his, out of his bed and walk again. But I do know this, that God wants to use you, as He did Peter, to share a gospel message so someone's eternity might be set right. 
That's what the book of Acts is about. It's planting churches. And planting churches is just sharing the gospel with people who do not know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. That's what we need to do as a church. We're going to stand. We're going to give the invitation. The invitation again is to act on what we've heard. To act on what God has been doing with you through the week. When I said, we're all going to be preachers. Well, maybe one of you, God has spoken to this week and said, hey, I did this a long time ago. I had no clue what to do. I still have no clue what to do, right? And so, but I, I got, I got I, God's calling me to be a preacher. I don't know what that means. God may be calling you to do something you don't know what to do. Come and we'll help walk you through that. God may be calling you to do something else. God may be calling you to be praying for that person that has a need that you can have the opportunity. Whatever it is, we want to invite you to respond to what, how God is working your life. You come down here, the deacons will come. There are a couple of deacons will come down, and they'll be here to greet you. I'll be here to greet you. We're here simply to pray with you. If you'd like us to pray with you, then we'll pray with you. It may be nothing more than that, but let it, know, let it be known that we'll do that with you. Let's stand. In age to age he stands And time is in his hands Beginning and the end Beginning and the end The God had three in one Father, Spirit, Son the lion and the lamb, the lion and the lamb. How great is our God. Sing with me. How great is our God. And all will see how great, how great is our God. Name above all names, worthy of all praise. My heart will sing how great is our God. Name above. about that for a moment how great is our God they were amazed that a man lame from birth got up and walked and leaped and praised God greater than that God raised his son from the grave overcame death and with that the opportunity for our sins to be forgiven was given to us a man walking and leaping and praising God's got nothing on what Jesus did on the cross and coming out of the grave. How great is our God. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this day. Father, pray that as we walk out of this place, Lord, 
May we be inspired to share your word. Father, to, to share what you have done for us, Lord. That others might have that same joy. Father, we pray that as we go out of here, Father, you would walk with us. We deal with different things, each of us, on a daily basis. But Father, it's great to know that you are with us. Father, may we put our trust in you. In Jesus' name, amen. So let me give you a couple of announcements for we get out of here. This is the um, okay. We're gonna have a there's a the the, the the scripture readings okay for this week. Next week I'll announce to you the um, the dinner. Right now I think it's on Tuesday on the seventh. Okay, so it's not this Tuesday but the following Tuesday. And I'll tell you why we're doing that. We just really wanted to mess you up. We're doing it on a Tuesday, and, and, and she's over here flashing 7 at 7 o'clock. No, it's at 6, at 5.30 still, but we're going to do it on a Tuesday. We're doing that. It's the start of the fair, so we're going to, you know, you can come eat and then go to the fair. But the next night on Wednesday, when we normally have, I mean, how can we have a meal on Tuesday? We always have it on Wednesday. The reason we're not having it on Wednesday is because all of the, the queen candidates are going to show up, and they're going to use our building. They're going to do their talk with the... The judges and they're gonna, you know, they're gonna do all that stuff that queens do before they go out to the fairgrounds to get crowned. One of them's gonna get crowned, and so it's all the age levels. So if you show up on Wednesday night, you better be dressed really nice <laughs> and looking like a queen. Okay? Some of you, that's gonna be a problematic for. Okay? Just gonna say. So that's why we're gonna do that. We get to be part of the community by allowing our space to be used for that. Know that we're going we're gonna to eat the night before and, and want you to enjoy the fair and all that good stuff, but we get to be part of the fair by the things that we do here. Sign up out there for the baseball game. Um, Kids of the Kingdom move upstairs next week, so pray for that and the whole change in things that are going on there. And then last but not least, uh, Randy, not this Sunday, not tonight, but next Sunday night is the start of his class, The Book of Acts. It's by Louis Giglio. And it's six weeks long, so he's likely to get through Acts before we do. Okay? So if you want the shorter version, that will be that. And Teresa still has class on Sunday evenings, 6 o'clock. So if you're of that age, out of high school, but not old enough to, to be old and cranky, then come to that class, right? Is that how it works? Okay, so anything else that I need to announce? You guys have a good day. Remember why we celebrate Memorial Day. And enjoy the sunshine. Enjoy one another. Hang around and talk.